Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode eight of the new podcast. Airing it out, Miles from Leahy's Locker Room. We are back for episode eight of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed last week's episode where uh, I relayed some of the more memorable stories I've had in my broadcasting career. And I'm looking forward to many more uh, adventures and stories uh, to come. I uh, would like to take this opportunity now, uh, this week, to uh, dive right into my next topic. And we're going to have a guest with us uh, here on the show this week. I actually recorded this interview a little bit earlier in the evening. We were down in Providence, Rhode Island tonight. And before the game, I had a chance to sit down and talk with a good friend of mine, Mike Logan, who does the uh, radio uh, for Providence College men's hockey. Mike's been doing uh, games for the Friars for the last 25 years. He's a good friend, and he's as qualified a person to speak on this topic as uh, pretty much anyone that I know. And uh, we may go back and revisit this topic uh, with some other folks down the line because it's great to get... Uh, other folks uh, feedback on the topic but today on the podcast you're going to hear the uh, differences between television and radio uh, specifically in terms of play-by-play but there's some great information here and I'd like to share it with you so without any further ado I would like to uh, bring to the fore the radio voice of the Providence Friars Mike Logan and uh, looking forward to sharing this with you so Without any further ado, here's Mike Logan. He's the radio voice of the Providence Friars. We welcome you to the next episode of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. This is episode number eight. We are emanating from Providence, Rhode Island tonight here at Schneider Arena, home of the Providence College Friars. And uh, the next episode uh, concerns uh, TV versus radio. We're going to talk about uh, the differences between the two and uh, with a play-by-play focus. And my guest on the podcast this week is certainly someone uh, who is uh, very experienced at both. Uh, He's uh, an individual who has uh, done play-by-play at Northeastern, also at Maine, and he's currently the the play-by-play voice for the Providence Friars. He's been here for the last quarter century. My good friend, happy to have us have him with us, and it's Mike Logan. And uh, Mike has certainly had a long history here uh, doing uh, hockey uh, for various hockey schools. And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about your experiences in each place, and uh, that'll give our listeners a nice uh, backdrop to what we've been talking about, we will be talking about. Well, I got my start job when I was in college at Northeastern, uh, my senior year. I was able to do maybe about a handful of, uh, of hockey games. Team wasn't that good. I wasn't that good. But it was a situation to at least get your, your feet wet. Uh, and then starting here in 95, uh, being lucky enough to you know, get an opportunity to start doing the games. And as you know, it really becomes a situation of just reps. You know, the more reps you get, the, uh, you know, the better you get. And, uh, you know, things start to fall in place. Uh, I think, uh, you know, you learn the longer you're doing it, um, how to go about your preparation and maybe I feel at this point in my life my preparation is I'm a little smarter you know there isn't as much time put in but I know exactly what I need for a broadcast Um, you know I've been fortunate that I got a pretty good memory so it's a situation and the nice thing as you know in doing the same league is not all 
of these rosters change over. I mean, this year with Merrimack and with Providence, a lot of new guys. You know, but usually you'll have seven, eight freshmen, but everybody else, you know, you remember from a, a year ago, and I think that makes it a little easier. Um, and, you know, the, the, the nice thing about radio is you've just got a lot more room. I know we're going to talk about the difference between radio and TV, but you just have a lot more room um, to get your information in, and, and, you know, your pacing's a little different. Okay, well, let's talk about the differences between radio and TV. Uh, first of all, uh, with radio, you're the eyes and the ears of the listeners. Uh, you basically have to try and capture uh, the action at every turn. You have to be descriptive and convey more emotion. Uh, let's start with radio. Obviously, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot more to it. You're responsible for a lot more in terms of the audience. You are, and one of the things, quite frankly, I like about radio, especially as I get a little older, is um, your, your mistakes aren't noticed as much. And, you know, the running joke, as you can always say, it's deflected in front if you're not sure who scored you can't get away with that on tv um yeah we, you know with radio and, it, and it's funny because when i get going in the early 90s as yourself it, there seemed to be a, a way that you know you get started in radio you'd really start to cut your teeth if you would and, and then you'd, you'd if you get an opportunity to do some television that isn't the case anymore and i, and I think it's noticeable i'm a firm believer if you can do radio then there's nothing you can't do from the standpoint of uh, and you know this uh, you got to fill time Sometimes there are, you know, different things that happen. Sometimes you're working with a color analyst. Sometimes you're not working with a color analyst. I've worked a majority of my time here without. So there's a lot of time to fill and, and things like that. Um, you know, and as you mentioned, you know, in radio, it is, you know, the listener is totally relying on you. So it's a point that, you know, you got to make sure uh, with, uh, you know, your description. I think the biggest thing is, um, you know, in hockey, uh, where's the puck? How much time is left in the score? That, those are probably the, the, the three biggest things. Where in television, uh, you know, you're really along for the ride. You're, you're kind of holding the viewer's hand. In many respects, your color analyst is more important. You're trying to set them up. And, you know, you're just kind of filling in the, the pieces here and there because, obviously, if you're watching a game on the television, you can see it. it's different. You don't need to be as descriptive. And, quite frankly, that was something that it took a while to, uh, you know, it's a less is more type approach when you come to TV. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you know, and I guess when you're doing both radio and TV, you know, less being less being more on TV. Uh, do you find it hard to make the transition if you're doing both? Like, for example, you know, I do radio only, so I get into that mode where you know you're in radio mode all the time. But when you switch over to TV, then you have to kind of train yourself. Okay, less is more. How does how is that transition? Is it easy for you? At this point, yes. When I first started, no. Um, two of the biggest things were I was so used to doing a majority of the games by myself, John, that, you know, you're used to talking, as you know, and, you know, in hockey, sometimes you can have 30 to 40 seconds of no whistle, uh, so it was making sure that I was involving uh, the color analysts. Bob Belmore is a guy I worked with for a number of years, and, and Bob really didn't have a lot of experience, so it was a situation of, you know, you're working with somebody who isn't that comfortable. I really wasn't comfortable in the beginning of doing television from the standpoint of it's easier in some respects, um, you know, usually the money's a little better, but it's a situation, there's challenges. You have people talking in your ear. In radio, that's not the case. You, you know, you might have the producer might hop in and remind you about an ID, but you know, it, sometimes you have people constantly and so now you're, you're trying to concentrate on that. You're trying to concentrate on what the person you're working with is saying, and you, you know, you're trying to concentrate on what you're saying. Uh, in the beginning, 
and I know I, I watched a lot of my work in the first couple of years when Providence went to TV. Uh, I was too descriptive. I was, you, you're saying too much. You don't need to say the pucks at the right point or this, that, and the other thing. So it takes a little while to, you know, to pull back. And it's still interesting, you know, you, you're doing a radio game on a Friday night, then you come home and, and you have a TV game on Saturday. You know, and it's just kind of a reminder. I've been lucky uh, in working with both Bob and now uh, Sonny Watrous where they're very good, they're very knowledgeable, and... Um, it's a comfort level, too, as you know, on radio. When you're working with somebody, uh, you know, I think the worst thing for the listener is, is when people are, are talking over each other. So it's like anything else. you got to kind of find your, your place and, and what's going on. And for me, the, the biggest thing was just getting comfortable doing the stand-ups. I, to this day, I still I, I love when we don't have to be on camera. It's, you know, radio with pictures. But, you know, and that was a, a big thing. And do I look at the camera? Do I look at my You know, and there was a lot of things that, uh, you know, you're kind of figuring out on the fly. Well, let's talk about, you know, updates. You talked about the importance of time and score. Uh, obviously, on the radio, you have to give it more than on TV. You have the graphics to help you out on the TV. But what is your rule of thumb for giving updates, for example, on radio? Now, I know for, for, we try and do it as much as we can. I, I do it at every whistle, you know. But uh, what's, your, what's your take on how often to update? Well, both of us having a baseball background, and, and I know, uh, and I think it, it dates back to Red Barber, who had the, uh, the egg timer, and it would flip in that. And, um I, you try, I try to go every two to three minutes on the clock, uh, and it doesn't always have to be at the stoppage. As I say, I'm doing radio by myself, so a lot of times we'll be on the fly. I've tried to do a better job of not just updating the score, uh, but especially if it's a low-scoring game, you know, a quick update on, on who scored and things like that. Um, but you want to, and I know myself, you never know when somebody's going to put the, the game on. And you might have just set the score, and, you know, in your mind, you're like, Jesus, you know, I've, I've been saying the score eight, nine times, but you never know who's joining it out. And even sometimes when when people are listening, and I'm guilty of this myself, you know, you're home, especially now that you listen to games on the computer, and most people are multitasking. Right. You don't hear something. So, you know, it's a, a situation that, you know, you want to remind yourself. And, and part of the thing is you... You know, you want to give the score enough, but you don't want it to become a repetitive thing, you know, and, and that's one of the, at our end, where it's, we're constantly thinking about these different things, but you forget that people join you at all different times. Sometimes people are paying attention, sometimes they aren't. So, you know, I think a good rule of thumb is, you know, on the on the clock, at least every, you know, two to three minutes and, and, and whistles, depending on how the game's going, you know, just to make sure that the person is up to speed. Now, frequently we work with analysts. Now, for hockey, there's kind of a rule of thumb. The play-by-play -play guy should be talking during the action, and when the whistle stops, the analyst should jump in and give their analysis. Uh, do you agree with that? And is that pretty much how it should work smoothly? Yeah, um, you know, I've I've worked with probably four or five different people, uh, and, and that was it. Uh, a lot of times on a on a power play, if um, the other team ices the puck, they want to jump in, and, and you know, the rule of thumb is, you know, usually if you can just get it back to me when the team gets back in the zone, so you can set up. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's usually the case. Again, when you're when, when you're used to someone and you have a, a rhythm, you know, sometimes they can you know jump in and that, and you know, so you move from there. On, on radio, and you move to television where you're spending a lot of time, and, and I've spent a lot of time just listening uh, and watching TV, really paying attention to how the how the play-by-play -play person really draws in the analysts and things like that, and a majority of it is really based more on the analysts. You're there, it's kind of like a traffic control, 
you know, you're there and you're, you're kind of guiding, but it's really the analyst that is the one setting it up. And, you know, it's a situation of, and the nice thing is you can be having a good, and it's happened uh, on several occasions with Sonny and I, you know, she's making a point and, and, and a goal is scored. They can see that, and when the point's done, you kind of jump in, you fill in the, you know, the pictures. When you're on radio and that happens, that's a little frustrating. Kind of like coming back from a break, hey, we got good news, you know, we got bad news. But, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things, and it, it was one of the biggest adjustments, and it's still depending on who you're working with. Um, you know, you want to make sure that there's a good rhythm. Well, uh, I've often um, thought that economy of words is important. You want to say is you want to get the important points in, but you want to use it in as few words as possible. I, I think that that um, fits for both the play-by-play -play guy and the analyst. So would you agree? I would. And I'm certainly guilty at times of, of being long-winded. Um, I'll tell you, they, they as you know, uh, they installed the horn here about three years ago, and uh, so we have that to look forward to tonight. Hopefully not. <laughs> no, but uh, you know, and part of it and I guess part of it is just my passive aggressiveness that when a goal is scored by Providence, I try and I try and get the guy's name out, and then I go silent because I'm not going to battle the horn. Maybe at 25 I would have, but at 51 I'm good. But <laughs> and it's it, it's kind of slowed me down too. And in, in watching uh, my work from earlier, um, you know, sometimes you can say too much in in the regards of you don't need to. You know, it's it's good. Obviously, you, you know, whether it's radio or TV, you always want to have the identity identification of who scored. You, you hope you didn't screw it up. Um, and then from there, you just kind of let it breathe. And I think that's something that you have to learn. And, it, and there's different things. I know I go back to some of the other games I've done at the end and having called several championship games and that. And, you know, if I went back to look at it, I, I think at times I've been guilty of saying too much. Instead of, you know, they, they say you should let it breathe and let the picture uh, tell what's going on. Um, you know, and, and that's something that everybody's got a different opinion on it. Uh, I, I still think the most important important thing, whether you're doing TV or radio, is you need to make sure that the people know exactly what's going on, and when, when key moments happen, you know, I think they want to know, you know, who scored, or, or you know, was that a, yeah, a goal or something like that, uh, you know, I think that's one of the keys. So, uh, how much do you pull the reins back for TV play-by-play? I have done a better job of just, you know, identifying who's got the puck. Um, but as I say, you don't have to say at the right point or the left point. They can see that. And, you know, on a power play, you, you try and stay on top of who's moving the puck and that. But a lot of times, uh, you know, as the puck's coming up the ice, it's more of a conversation. You know, Sonny might be making a point, and then you just kind of pick it up as you go. You, you know, you try and fill in some of the, the details. But you, you don't need to be talking all the time. And part of the other thing, and again, I'll go back to baseball. I know when I first started doing baseball on the radio, having done football and, and hockey primarily, I was afraid of dead air because in, you know, in hockey and, and football, you know, there, there should be. And then, you know, in, in, in you know, on television too, and, and you watch, there is some some downtime, but there doesn't always have to be a continuous, um, you know, conversation. And I think that's something, again, you know, you know your spots. And, and quite frankly, sometimes I might be looking at something or I might be checking something or I might have the producer in my ear telling me something. So if there is three to four seconds of dead air, it's not the end of the world. Right. Um, so let's talk about your pregame preparation. Does it differ from radio to TV? I think with TV, I try to spend a little more time finding some nuggets that I, I try and put in. I, I usually will do 
Um, say tonight, if, if we were playing Merrimack on television, I would have just a one sheet of, of kind of bullet points, different things I'd like to uh, touch on. And as you know, you always prepare more than you have a chance to get in. Uh, on radio, I might, uh, you know, pull one or two keys, but just with the speed of the game and everything else, I, I'm not as I'm more focused on a radio game of making sure I have the pronunciations right, making sure that I have uh, you know names, numbers, things like that. Um, that's my main concern when I sit down to do a game. I'll I'll take a look at notes. I might highlight four or five things uh, you know as it goes. Obviously, as you know. You see the team you're covering. You don't need to do as much preparation there from the standpoint of, I think most of us have pretty good memories, and, and you know, you remember certain things. Um, but in TV, I try to put together, you know, a one sheet. I, I try to have a little information about the coaches because there's always going to be a shot of the coaches early on. And, you know, tonight's a perfect example. Scott Borg started his career at Providence and, and obviously was here as an assistant again. You know, so that would be a piece of it There might be, uh, I know when we play Northeastern, Jerry Keefe was a, was a Providence uh, player. You know, there's certain things that you're going to work in conjunction with the director and say, you know, we, we might want to get this, we might want to get that, or, you know, different connections. Where on radio, um, I don't worry as much about that um, as I do on TV. And I think, you know, in television, it's a situation of you're trying to add to what they see. Where in radio, as, as we mentioned, you know, you're responsible for so much. Uh, sometimes there isn't enough time to get those things in. On TV, you uh, oftentimes have monitors. Now, I've uh, I've read about them, and, and I know that uh, a lot of people, when the action is going on, their eyes are fixed on the ice, and you would go to the monitor during replays, for example. Is that pretty much the standard uh, way that it's done? For me, the only time, John, I've ever called a game more on the monitor, I did a um, USFL football game about 10 years ago um, in Hartford, and we were a pretty good distance away, and I relied a little bit more on the monitor than usual. But in hockey, I, I do not like watching the monitor uh, because you don't see the whole ice. And one of the things when you're watching the ice, delayed penalties, things behind the play. We had a situation uh, here last year in the Hockey's Women's Championship game. Um, BC was getting ready for a, a face-off uh, with less than 10 seconds to go, and Katie King Crowley, their head coach, was trying to get the referee's attention, and the referees were not paying attention. So I watched her. She was a former softball player. She, and after the game, said it slipped. It didn't slip. She fired her notebook out to center ice. But the only reason I saw that is I was watching the ice. Now, the puck was dropped. BC scored. And unfortunately, we didn't get that actual thing on, on camera. But because I was watching it, I was able to see that and add to it. So very rarely um, while I look at the, the monitor, you know, a lot of times... And again, um, you know, the producer will say, and it's good with us. I asked from day one, Sheila Sullivan and I have worked together for a long time. You know, you talk about less is more. Uh, replay. You know, all you need to do is say one word or monitor or something like that. Um, but I, I try to always watch uh, the ice because there's a lot of things. And, and, you know, we have good cameramen. A lot of these people do. But there's things that, as you know, you, you pick up, you know, especially behind the play. And uh, if you're locked into the monitor, I think you're going to miss some things.
So, also on TV, I know, like, for intermission sometimes, you will interview a player, like, perhaps uh, they'll have the headset on down below. Now, uh, how does that work? Does, during, the, during the week, does the producer uh, get in touch with you and say, hey, we're going to interview this particular player uh, in between periods, so can you prepare for that? And, and how is it executed during, uh, during a game? Well, as far as the preparation with us, it's usually uh, when you get to the rink, uh, okay, who are we going to talk to tonight? Uh, in my case, where it's a, uh, a Providence player, I've watched them play all year, so I don't need to do a ton of it. Usually, uh, with Sonny and I, it's a three-question deal. Usually, I'll start, she'll have the second one, and I'll uh, finish it up. Um, and most of that, especially where it's in-game, you try and keep it pretty basic, things like that. But there are some situations. Uh, I remember doing a playoff game for Nesson at Merrimack several years, about 10 years ago, and they played Maine. And I forget who the Merrimack player was, but we go to the interview, and my IFB, my audio, was a mess. I could not hear. By the end of the interview, I could not hear what he was saying. So here you are. You want to talk a little panic-stricken. You're live on television, and the screen split. They had me on one side and the kid on the other. And I'm watching his lips move. So I had a follow-up question, and I was hoping like heck that the follow-up question was not going to be something that he had just addressed. Right. You know, and it's a situation of, you know, in that situation, when I would... Uh, I've had a chance to do several games involving teams that I don't see all the time. Yeah, you, you take a little more time, and, and if they can let you know, okay, well, we're, we're thinking about this player after the first and this after the second, you know, you try and come up with some stuff. But again, it's during the game. You're not going to go too in-depth. You want to try and keep it to, you know, to that game and what's going on because, you know, they're down there and their their minds, you know, more and well, I got to get this headset. I want to get back in the locker room and what the coach is saying, you know, one of those deals. Um, but when you're dealing with your own player, I think it's easier because we see them pretty much every game. Okay, so I'd like to ask you uh, just for a brief synopsis of what a typical day is like for you when you're doing a TV broadcast. I'd like to focus more on that because we're both radio guys and we can, uh, we can, you know, basically go through that very quickly. But when, when you're doing a TV game, what is it like for you when you first get here and, you know, how, how, you know just give us a typical rundown of, of what the day looks like. Well, number one, I have to wear a tie, uh, you know, as opposed <laughs> to usually it's, uh, you know, sweaters if it's the radio. Uh, I, as you are, I'm historically early at rinks. I'm usually there three hours before, whether it's TV or radio. Um, I'll get here for a, a television game. I'll usually sit with the producer. We'll go over what the uh, uh, you know what the open looks like now. Uh, when we've been doing the games this year, it's been a hard open in that we'll come in right out of the anthem. They see the rink. We're not on camera. Personally, it's easier because it, in essence, it's just a radio open with pictures. Uh, but before, when we do an open, um, so I would we sit with the producer and we go over, okay, what are the players going to look like, different things, if they have anything built that we're going to use. Uh, and then when uh, when Bob or Sonny, whoever I'm working with, uh, you know, you sit down and then, uh, okay, here are the two players. And, you know, so Sonny will go over some stuff and then we'll talk about, okay, usually the open, there'll be uh, an opening comment. After I open it up, there'll be an opening comment I'll toss to her. She'll have something and then usually uh, she would lead into the players or sometimes I'll lead into the players. So just a conversation of saying, okay, well, what, what do you want to talk about just so that, you know, she's comfortable with what's going on. And then, you know, it's the same thing with the between the periods. Usually we're on camera for one segment, which is the highlights and, um, you know, the, the stats and that. And then there's usually a, a package that you'll, you'll toss to. But a lot of that, one of the reasons I get there early 
you know, so you can go through all of that stuff. Uh, as you know, uh, we used to um, do interviews with the coaches on camera, so you'd be interviewing um, the home coach, who you knew well, and then you'd be interviewing the uh, the road coach, which, you know, most of them are, are pretty good, but, you know, there's been, uh, you know, some uh, Red Gentron and I had an interesting back and forth several years ago before a playoff game where I asked him about, I know his team had won on the road all year, and he, you know, he grabbed my right shoulder and said, ah, it's a new year, and, you know, I was like, that's just red being red, by the way. Yeah, but, you know, it was a little unsettling. I think a, a younger version of me would have been freaked out, and uh, I remember Yale played here, and Keith Elaine, uh, you know, had kind of a reputation that he'd be a little difficult. So, of course, Keith comes in, he sits down, we're getting ready to do the interview, and we're having technical problems, and I'm sitting there, and I'm going, oh, this is not good. And then we got to the actual interview, and, you know, and he couldn't have been better. So, but we used to do that, so there was that piece of it, um, you know, and, and it's just, it's a different rhythm. We're in, in radio, you show up, uh, like I did tonight, you show up, you set up the equipment, you know, you get your stuff, you sit down, there's a lot more downtime. It's really just you, or, you know, if there's a color analyst, where with TV, you know, as a producer you're talking to, and then, uh, you know, your color analyst, you want to make sure everybody's on the same page. Um, so, I I think there's a little more of that work that you go over leading in because really once the game starts, it's very much like a sprint. You know, for two plus hours, there isn't a lot of downtime. Yes, you might have a segment off in the intermission, but other than that, you know, you've, you've got your breaks, um, but it's pretty much go time for two and a half hours. And it is, it is different. I always, I'm relaxed. When it comes to radio, and I've been doing it for a long time, I'm relaxed. There's very, other than having technical problems, there's very few things that bother me, if you will. But in TV, there can be issues. We had some issues the start of this year where uh, we had feedback, Sonny and I last year doing the, uh, the one of the Hockey East games here uh, for the women. We had so much feedback that for the first five minutes, she didn't say anything. Now, my radio background, this helped because this has happened to me before. So I was able to just kind of take one of the air pieces off and, and call the game until that got going. But she was totally freaked out by it from the point of, so if you're watching the first five minutes, you couldn't tell at home, but it was just me. And I'm sure you're sitting there going, all right, when's this guy going to shut up and the color is going to come in? So, you know, those things are still a little unsettling on TV, and I think this is maybe the 13th year Providence has done games on TV. Um, but I'm still, I'm still much more at home on radio. And in terms of commercial breaks, it's pretty easy, whether it's radio or TV, because you know at 14, 10, and 6 of each period, that's when the commercial break is. So uh, there's probably not a lot of differences between the two there. No, and you usually have about five or six seconds. But one of the challenges is, uh, and I know here every once in a while, you'll think they're going to a break, or sometimes they'll turn the light on and they're not going to a break. And obviously one of the big things is they don't take breaks after icings. Um, and I had a situation earlier this year where uh, we had been doing, uh, when the games used to be on car, we had a certain format, and we had done it for so many years. And this year with Nesson, we were a break shy. So we get to the end of a segment. I think there's still a break. I go to call the break, and poor Sheila's in my ear saying, no, 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 we're staying, we're staying. So, you know, you, you have to recover there. But, no, in that regard, it's, um, you know, the only difference with the uh, TV break, John, as opposed to radio is you are the one 
that leads into it. In other words, your producer waits for your cue. In TV, you only have five, six seconds. So you have to get to it quickly. Where in radio, you know, if it takes you 10 seconds to get into the break, not the end of the world, but in TV, you're gone. Right. If it takes, you know, 10. And, and we should clarify, too, that on the radio, we, we know when the break is coming, not only because it's, it's on the clock, but there's a red light down at the scorer's table. When we see that red light come on, we know that it's time to go to break. Yeah, and, and actually one of the nice things now that Hockey East has three TV timeouts wherever we are, uh, you know, myself, it's a lot easier. I know one of the things, and I, I think it was an adjustment for a lot of us, is probably going back eight to ten years when they started really um, – crunching the time down where the time between face-offs and, and that and there weren't a lot of downtime it was tough you know if you had four breaks in a period it was tough to get them in uh you know maybe the icing and you'd have to get out quick but now with the tv timeouts it's a lot easier uh, well mike well let's start wrapping it up let's talk about post-game radio versus tv i mean the biggest difference on the radio you have a post-game show a lot of times it's sponsored tv you can just walk right out when it's done right True, and, and I am one that uh, uh, over the years, and, and Dan Hannigan, uh, who was the voice up in Maine for a long time, used to give me a hard time, but I was a guy that, unless the post game, I, I am not a huge fan of pre and post games unless they are sold. My feeling is, you know, when the, when the game ends with the post game, and, and I have uh, two breaks with Providence, we will take a break, it's a minute, you come back, we have a player of the game, and you, you take another break, and especially where I do the games by myself, um, you know. My feeling is that on the post game, you know, you you want to get the the sold the sponsored elements in, but and maybe it's just me. I don't know if they need to listen to me for another 10 or 15 minutes. You know, especially, quite frankly, selfishly, if you get a two-and-a-half-hour ride, uh, you know, on the flip side, Dan used to give me a hard time that I'd be out of the booth before, he, you know, his post game was done. Uh, but, yeah, in, in TV, usually there's a standard. I know what we do is we usually wait until the teams start to head to, to shake hands, and then from there there's a 30-second countdown. So, and that can be a little challenging, too. You know, your script isn't that long, but you want to time it out. You don't want to be uh, done 15 seconds in because then you've got 15 seconds of dead air going into it so that takes a little time um, but yeah I mean with the post game and again it depends on the type of game it is if you know, Providence gets shellacked 5-1 you know, there's really not much more I can tell you that's going to make it any better. You know, but on the flip side, if there's a, like we had a game here earlier this year with BU, a 6-5 game, one of the more enjoyable games I've done in a long time. So, you know, you're still going. And, you know, at this point of the year, I know tonight when the game ends, um, there's four other league games, and they are all very important for Providence. So we'll take some time going through with the scores. and standings. Talk to, yeah, this, yeah, exactly, the standings. And, you know, this is a fun time of year, especially the way the league is this year, where every game you go in – you can have teams switching, uh, you know, three or four spots. So, yeah, you, you spend a little more time in your post game than, than say, uh, an early October game. Well, Mike, I'll finish it up with one quick story. I remember when uh, Hank Aaron broke Babe Ruth's record. Vince Scully was doing the game on NBC TV. And uh, after Aaron hit the home run, Scully just laid out on TV for about 10 minutes. He said, I went, I got a cup of coffee, I just said nothing. I just, you know, I let the moment speak for itself on TV. And uh, that's called laying out in the business. And, and that really is a valuable technique, isn't it, on TV? It is. And it's something that, quite frankly, I think I've done a better job at. And I think part of it was coming from the radio end that, oh, my God, you'd never have 30 
30 seconds of dead air. Um, and, it, and it's something, it, it is a skill to, and, and the good thing with TV is, John, sometimes, you know, your producer might get in your ear and say, you know, depending on what happens here, you know, just, just lay lay out for a bit and something like that. And, and I think that helps you, too, as a reminder, because it, you talked about conveying emotion in that, and, you, and you're doing it, and if it's a it's an important moment, it's an important game, um, you know, ultimately you're still a fan, you know, and especially if it's a situation that the team you're calling the game for, uh, you know, gets a big win late or something like that. It's real easy to just let your emotions get the best of you at that point, and uh, it helps to have somebody in your ear reminding you, you know, hey, if, you know, it's an overtime game, you know, once the goal scored, lay out and just kind of let it breathe, and it is good advice. All right, Mike. Well, it's certainly great uh, having this opportunity to chat with you. Uh, you gave a lot of great information. I know I was going to learn a lot from it. Uh, and uh, we want, want to thank you again uh, and uh, keep up the great work. And, uh, again, it, it's a big thrill. Thank you very much. Hey, welcome, John. It was good. It was fun to uh, you know, be able to sit and uh, you know chat about it. And it's something that, uh, on my end, I've been doing this more than half my life. So, you know, it becomes a real big piece of what you do. All right. That's Mike Logan. He's the radio voice. Voice of Providence College, and you've been listening to episode eight of Airing It Out Files from Leahy's Locker Room. All right, so that is uh, Mike Logan, the radio voice of the Providence Friars. A lot of terrific information there from Mike, and uh, you know we could have gone on for another hour or so. Uh, just I, I love picking his brain. He's uh, he's been doing this uh, for, like I said, a quarter of a century, and uh, I really have to agree with Mike is uh, in the point that. Uh, the more reps you get, uh, the better you become. It, it's not unlike anything else that uh, you do in life. The more you do it, the better you become. And uh, uh, Mike is one of the uh, top voices, uh, not only in the college hockey, but uh, you know uh, across any uh, sport uh, that you'll find. So uh, that's going to wrap up episode eight of uh, the podcast. I want to invite you back next week. We're going to start talking about play-by-play uh, -play for specific sports. Uh, I know Mike uh, has uh, mostly a hockey background, but he's done some baseball too. And I'd like to address, uh, you know, how uh, different sports play out in terms of play-by-play. -play. So uh, I haven't yet decided if I'll have a guest yet. Uh, I may take care of it myself, but uh, we'll have plenty more guests as the uh, weeks move along. So again, I want to thank Mike Logan, uh, the radio voice of Providence College Hockey. And I want to thank you for tuning in to episode number eight of Airing It Out, uh, Files from Leahy's Locker Room. That's going to do it. We will see you next week. And thanks again for listening, everybody.